Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And good evening, good evening, and welcome, welcome. I am Richard DeRazor Ewing. This is Game Face. We do this show on the Believe Talent Network. If you are trying to find out which foot powder will work on the stink of the feet in your shoes, you are on the wrong podcast. If you are trying to figure out how to line up your cornrows in your hair to fit your afro, you are on the wrong podcast. However, if you're trying to get insight into Bay Area sports, and if you're trying to get insight to sports on a national level, you just put your game face on. As I said before, I am Richard DeRazor Ewing. We do this on Monday evenings. Unfortunately, I'm not with my wingman and co-host, Mike the Schumann, this evening. So I, I, I was kind of flying by the seat of my pants, and I needed somebody to bail me out. And what better person to bail me out than the great Bonte Hill from 95-7 The Game. Bonte, how you doing? Man, I'm good, Rich. How you doing tonight? Oh, man, I'm good. As you know, Shu couldn't be with us. <laughs> Some family things he had to deal with. So uh, we are... Uh, Basically, uh, just you and I tonight, and why don't we well, go, let's do it. go ahead and get started. So, um, how, how's how's the new lineup for you? So I understand you're you're switched. You're not you're not with BSNG anymore. Nah, yeah, no more BSNG, man. I think it's what SDNG now or yeah. SGND, whatever they want to say with dibs uh, in the midday. So I'm rolling with Shasky and Kate Scott in the mornings, and obviously Shasky and I have done the the 49ers pre and post game on 9570 game for a couple of years now and had a lot of success with that pre and post game show where the numbers uh, really dominated the airways. You know, we're on for the 49ers pre and post. People have started to come to us with that. So kind of parlayed that and, you know, the morning show, here we are, waking up at 4 in the morning, uh, getting off at 10 a.m., taking that nice midday nap and going to bed about 8.30, 9 o'clock. So uh, it's fun, man. Kate Scott's a total pro. I mean, she is phenomenal. She right. is on top of everything. She does her research. She works hard. Uh, Shasky, he's got all the energy in the world. Knows the San Francisco yeah. sporting scene inside and out. He's like my little brother. He's scrappy dude. He's the fan. I'm the freaking uh, media member. So it's a lot of fun, man. I'm enjoying this lineup so far, six shows in, and it feels like we've been doing it for about half a year. Yeah, and to, you know, to to basically move along on, on to another part of the NFL, as we know, the NFL season is in full swing, and uh, we might not be at the game this year because of, you know, the whole COVID-19 thing. But you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Um, so it doesn't matter. You know, I know it's a lot of people like to bet. Unfortunately, I'm scared. I'm not the person that does bet. But <laughs> Bet Online does give you uh, from game spreads and totals to team players and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always an online casino and it never closes. Okay. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag, sign up today. So you talked about, you know, switching and going with, you know, Kate Scott and, and, and Chasky. And, you know, I, I like I said, I listen to 95.7 The Game. I do. Yeah. You guys, I, I, I listen to it periodically because uh, in, in my profession, I'm out in the field a lot and I'm driving. So... Uh, matter of fact, it's it's really the focal point of what I do every day. So probably I would say seven to seven, almost eight hours a day. That's what I do. I drive. So I'm I'm on the I'm listening to the radio. I listen to you guys, and I've been listening to 95.7 The Game. I listen to all three uh, uh, 
lineups. And I seen the switch come, and I was like, wow, man, I wonder, I wonder what that's got to be like. Because right. you, you were on BSNG for the longest. Mm-hmm. And I got to ask you, man, are you kind of missing BSNG a little bit? Man, you know, it's funny, right? I, so Papa calls a KBR, right? Right. And it's a big shakeup. And I go join Guru and Steiny, which I was excited about because they would lead into the Papa show. And I'm like, I would mess around with Guru before the show all the time. And he'd be like, man, if we did a show, and obviously with Papa, you know, he's yapping. And I'm thinking, man, we, you know, we don't have a lot of fan interaction. I kind of missed out about Sports Talk Radio. You know, I came up with Marty Lurie where he's taking phone calls all day long. That's what Sports Talk Radio is about. Right. So, you know, we joined Steiny and Goo and we get rolling pretty quickly. You know, we get rolling pretty quickly. And you know what? It was about a year. We did a year, which felt like we did it longer than that, man. We had a lot of fun, but pandemic hits. We started remotely. And you kind of, I kind of smelt something in the air uh, in, in terms of just the lineup shaking up. You never know what's going to happen, right? You never know what's going to happen once the Joe Ford ball departs and you, you see what's going on there. So, you know, the opportunity, I was asked, hey, morning drive. You know, it's Joe Shasky, the butcher boy, Kate Scott. You know, and I'm like, let's go. You know what I'm saying? Because Shasky and I, we had that city connection. We got a vibe and a chemistry that that can, I don't think could be matched, you know, by a lot of people out here in the Bay Area, not to tune our own horns or whatnot. But it's just, we did that 49ers pre and post game, man. And it was like, boom, this is what I'm talking about here. We know the Niners inside and out. We know the Giants inside and out. We know the Warriors inside and out. So that was fun. And then, you know, just having somebody like Kate Scott. Look, I think this market rich was dying for a female voice, dying for a female voice on the airways. And, you know, Gianna was great. Anna Kagarakis was great. But you needed you needed some of that. You know, you needed a little, you needed a female to really say, you know what, I could drive a show. I could talk about everything. I could check dudes. I know how to take calls. And Kate Scott, man, you know, I know her from back in KBR. She was a total pro. She got the Pac-12 gig. And, you know, you see what she did over there with the Pac-12. She called some hockey games on NBC, national hockey games. Wow. So Kate Scott, Kate Scott's a big timer, man. And so just when we were doing our dry runs, I was thinking, man, this is going to work. This is going to work because, you know, it's three people without any egos. We just want to have fun. It's like you're doing here tonight. We just want to have fun on the airways. That's you know it. what I'm saying? It's like, it's it. like we're getting paid. To do this, I would be doing this regardless. I would be you, Rich, uh, if I was in a truck, if I was at the grocery store, I'd have an earbud in, get my fix of sports talk radio all day long. So right, right. Uh, the, the fact that we get to do this, it set the tone for the day. For everybody out there on the airway or on the roadways, I should say, at 6 a.m., we get to set the tone uh, Monday through Friday and start, start off the day, man. It's really a blessing. So uh, it kind of came out of nowhere. It kind of came out of left field because, like you said, BSG, yeah, Guru's my guy, man. We we yeah. had a good vibe, man. We had a good yeah. vibe on that midday show. We're yeah, we're, we're, we're rolling. That, that that show, you know that, but you guys and, and I was just glad to be a part of it. But you guys had a character role of individuals <laughs> who would call in. I mean, it was right. There was Robin, okay. Mm-hmm. There was a Steel Reserve, okay. Yep. There was uh, Coach. Jonathan in San Francisco, Coach. Right, right, Coach. Yeah. I mean, and, and, Juice. And, and, <laughs> right, right. And, and I became one of them. Rich, I right. No I, doubt. And, and it was just like, it was like every afternoon you kind of knew, okay, look, okay. And, and after I got off, I'd hear Coach P, Coach P come on. I'd be like, oh, okay, here we go. This is going to yep. be good, you know. Right. And uh, so, so, yeah, it, it, no, there was no question. You guys definitely had chemistry. Uh, you were definitely waking up the ears in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tell you, the afternoon was the best time to call because, right. for the most part, 
there wasn't an overload of calls coming in. So it's right. like calls at that time, in most cases, I would say probably 70% of the time you got in. I mean, right. you know, so, 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 and that's the reason why when they switched, I was like, wow, I wonder how this has got to be, how this has got to be, you know, affecting Bonte right now. Cause Bonte right. was a big part of that. And right. I, I tell you something, Bonte, the other thing that I was, I was actually impressed with you was that, you know, cause you guys had, what was it? Jockerty? Jockerty, yeah. Okay, yeah, right, yeah. right. Now that right. Was, for those watching who don't know, that <laughs> the game and the producers in the BSD afternoon that they started, which was a play on Jeopardy, but it was all the categories were related to sports. And I'll tell you something, I would listen to those. And, I, and when you guys first started doing this, I thought, okay, well, you know what? You know, Steinmetz is probably going to be the guy, right? Because he's right. the oldest right. one there. He's been, right. you know, talking sports, you know, for a long time. Right. But by the time it was over, I was like, man, Bonte actually knows a lot. You know, you know, you you were winning a lot of those. Yeah. You know, it was funny, man. I think people, you know, when I first joined Papa, first people were like, who the hell is this kid? Because I didn't get a lot lot of run at KMPR. The reps I did get, I made the most of them. And I think people all of a sudden were like, this guy's talking baseball with Marty Lurie. You know, he's like the encyclopedia when it comes to baseball right. stats. He knows everything. And so right. Marty and I would talk. And when Marty and I hooked up, you know, midway through our first run, we worked together for two years on the Giants pre and post game show on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Halfway through the first year, Marty was like, hey, Bonte, turn on the microphone. You know your baseball. You know your baseball. So, you know, I think people underestimate me being a youngster, being only 38 years old and growing up mm-hmm. in this market. I, Rich, I had a newspaper in my hand every single day from the age of eight on. But wow. I didn't have cable television. I had newspapers. We go to the library, I'm grabbing an almanac. I'm, I'm seeing who the hell won the 1975 NBA championship or right. who won the 1980 Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? So I've studied this stuff and just random, like we've all had nights where we just go down a rabbit hole, right? We go down pro football reference. And you're like, man, Terrell Davis really had three amazing years with the Broncos, right? Or you look back at Barry Bonds baseball card, you're like, damn, he stole 52 bases in 90-something, you know? So all that stuff, that information, my girlfriend gets mad at me. I can't remember anything, right? I can't remember what to get at the grocery store. I can't remember what I ordered yesterday. I can't remember what I cleaned up or what I put away, but I can remember a stat and I can remember right. something that happened in sports. It's just, it just the most random stuff. Stadium names, arena names. So I think that kind of blew some people away to where some people's like, man, Bonte's Googling, Bonte's Googling, but we're on Zoom. My hands are up, man. I'm like, I take pride in that stuff, man. You know what I'm saying? Nobody wants to be, a, I'll cheat on a math test, but I'm not cheating on a sports jockey. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's interesting too, because I mean, I I basically, I was going to ask you this question because I, I actually stumped Simon with this, with this, this, uh, this trivia question. And I figured he would have got it because when it comes to basketball, he's the guy. He, he knows mm-hmm. a lot about stats, but I'll, I'll give you a chance there to give you Craig at it. All right. So the question is, which player in the NBA, okay, came in his rookie in his second season and won back-to-back titles? Rookie its second season and won back-to-back NBA championships. Rookie in second season. I'm not going to say Patrick McCall because I'm guessing you're you're leaning towards a star. You're leaning towards a star because I can easily say Patrick McCall because he won three straight championships. He didn't really contribute to anything. Right, exactly. Because because I, I I somebody said this before and I guess Patrick McCall. I was like, that's Patrick McCall. 
Man, first two years, championships, first two seasons, first and second year. Wow, that's a tough question. That is a really tough question. If I had to guess, it'd be Bill Russell. Uh, no, actually, he didn't do it. He didn't do it back to back his first two seasons. Bob Cousy? No. Havlicek? No. Yeah, I would guess all Celtics. You, I would you go all Celtics. Okay. Okay. Well, see, the problem the problem with your answer with those, and even though you're you're at the right you know area, is that none of those guys came in their first season one and then won the next season. Mm. See, that's the problem. Interesting. That's a problem. Interesting. Interesting. So interesting. Sam so, Jones? No. I'll give you a chance. I'll give you a hint. He, he, he played at Houston. Played in Houston. Was it Rick Barry? No. Because he played in Houston. Was it Moses Malone? No. Oh, Sam Cassell. You got it. Florida State. Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell. 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 That's Cassell. right. And that's right. You, that that's a very noted stat too, because right. not that's rare that you see that yep. happen. You don't come in your first season and win, and then win the next season. That that's just that's incredible. And, so, and you know what? And, and Sam Cassell was big for replacing Kenny Smith. When Kenny Smith was off, it was Sam Cassell. Sam Cassell would come in and get buckets, posting guys up. That's damn. I, I always forget about Sam Cassell. Yeah, and it, it because it happened so early in his career. Yeah, and by the time it ended, it was like he was on that Celtics team, right. and he, you know, he's on the bench. But people right. forget Sam Cassell and Robert Ori and Oldest Thorpe was on that first. Right. Robert Ori was clutch on those teams. Oh, and Oldest Thorpe the first year round. I mean, I tell you something, and I was I remember that year. I told a friend of mine because. And he was he was going with uh, I forgot who they played that year, but I told him I said, "Dude, you're not going to stop Houston. I'm sorry, the way they what they got right now, right? Shooting clutches, like no, that's not going to happen." So let me ask you now. Now you you also wrote for the Examiner. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. How many years did you write for them? Man, I wrote for the Examiner. I was a freelancer for off and on for about eight nine years, and that's what's so funny about this radio gig, Rich, is that I wanted to be a beat writer. Mm -hmm. I came into the game. I went back to school at the age of 26 mm -hmm. and I ended up going back to city college in San Francisco. Uh, once I left my job at UPS in management and actually shit, they fired me rich. They fired me. They got rid of me. They got rid of me for doing something. You know, I was working, I was, I was supervising people twice my age and they were bitter. I was a youngster. was cocky was slag. I come in wearing the Jordans and whatnot. So I got fired and I ended up working at a coffee shop and I ended up going back to school. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give school one, one last crack. And I got a broadcasting book and a sports journalism book that got sent to me. And I walked into the journalism department, going back to City College, and it was like, hey, I would like to write for the paper. And they're like, you know, what experience do you have? And I said, well, I took a broadcasting class like five years ago. And I was like, all right, for sure. Four months later, Rich, I went to this award at this uh, journalism convention. In, uh, it was in California. Ah, it's a JACC or something like that. It was junior college journalism convention where you got all these journalism majors at junior college. We go convene in LA, Sacramento one year, LA one year. So I won this award. I come in like the top five for on the spot game story. I had no idea what I was doing. You know, I just muscle memory of just reading a newspaper. It's like, all right, I think this is how you write a story. Mm -hmm. So I became a sports editor. And so I was writing. I started writing high school sports, uh, odd jobs with the examiner. They got a link to me. Uh, with some of the high school stories. So I started pitching up, hey, City College of San Francisco has this great basketball team, you know, one of the best junior college basketball teams in the nation. 
And so I was doing their PA announcing. So I did, I became their PA announcer and slash beat writer, right? I was in the stories of the examiner and they were like, man, this is good stuff, man. Keep sending it. They went to state championship and asked some players like DeLon Wright. He had went there. He had attended uh, City College of San Francisco now with the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, Dean Parker, who's a city kid, Lincoln High School, went to UCLA, left with the USF and ended up graduating at a D3 in uh, San Diego. So they had some really good talent. That gave me that foot in the door with the examiner. And what's this high school website I was writing for at the same time called San Fred Preps. We cover every high school in San Francisco. Well, it's volleyball, soccer, basketball, football, the private schools, the big Catholic schools, the public schools. And so that gave me a form to write. And, you know, I'll make a chump change, right? I'll make it like 20 bucks an article, 25 bucks an article, but I'm doing it for the love of it. And so the examiner started giving me odd jobs, you know, hey, go cover this NASCAR presser. Hey, go cover this IndyCar presser. Hey, you want to go cover a Cal game? Oh, you want to go to the Pac-12 tournament? We got a credential for you in Vegas. And it was like, boom. And so radio, I just got an internship, a promo internship while I was at SF State. And the rest is history. You know, I was I was still, I still wanted to be a writer. Like that was my thing. And the radio thing just kind of, I kind of fell into it. And once I was at State Rich, I took a radio class and had my own radio show. And it was kind of formatted like it is now. I had a girl, I had another guy uh, that was running the board. I was doing my thing. And we, we just we just started making history, man. We just started, I started hey, falling into this radio game. I tell you something, I did the same thing. I did the same thing. The only thing I didn't do is I didn't get a chance to go to school in it, but I started totally grassroots. I was right working for a station called uh, FCC Free Radio. Mm-hmm. And I did, at first it started off as a blog. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it was called allbearersports.com radio. And it, it started off as a blog, just allbearersports.com. I, I did about 146 <laughs> articles. Mm-hmm. Okay, just writing. But then mm-hmm. eventually somebody said, well, look, you need to come over. We got this spot over on the radio. We got nobody doing sports. Right. So I went and did that. I did that for about close to three years. And then, you know, I just, just so happened, I ran in the shoe. You know what I mean? And, and we got to talk. And, and, and before you know it, she was like, oh, you know, well, what are you doing? So I told him I was doing that. And he saw we had a full studio and everything. And he came in. He was like, yeah, you know what? This, this, this could work. So we, so we right. did that. But then COVID came in and like you said, it shut everything down. We couldn't. So, yeah. Yeah. So then, so then we ended up doing this and, but I will say this thing, I wanted to get into the Niner game. Okay. Because what happened last night was just something that I think Niner fans have been waiting for, you know, and, we, and it's kind of hard to say because this is a team that was the NFC champion you know, right. last year, but right. it, it's been a rocky start. They've had to deal with a lot of injuries and, you know, everybody's waiting for that game. That's called the resurgence game that brings this team back to life. What did you right. think about, about this game? I thought it was uh they got back to their identity and they had to have a game, right? It's a division game. You hadn't won a game at home yet. You were on three at home, which is wild. Right. And I'm not saying Levi's is this great home field advantage, but teams usually protect their home turf. Um, this was a had to have a game and they got back to their identity, which was in 2019, which is controlling the football, running physical and, and making timely throws on third down. And that's what Jimmy Garoppolo did last night. He made timely throws on third down. They ran the ball really well and it stayed away from like the third and eight, the third and nine, the third and 11, the third and 12. And defensively, I think that's where they won the game. Look, they bent a lot in that second half. They bent a lot, which is to be expected when you have a patchwork defensive line and a patchwork defense. But Salah did a great job, man, at neutralizing the Rams. And they got golf, which is surprising. 
that golf had such a bad game because it wasn't like the pass rush was there, right? He yeah. had time to throw. He had clean pockets. But I thought in the secondary, Tart, Ward, Jason Barrett uh, with the interception, who's played phenomenal since he's been healthy, and Emmanuel Mosley, I thought that's where the game was won. And, of course, Fred Warner Jr. cleaned everything up and, you know, from – five to 10 yards out. So I thought defensively they played a really sound ball game, tackled well. Offensively, there's still some work to be done. Mm -hmm. But I do like the fact that Debo's getting more involved. Kittle's more involved. That shows me that those two guys are healthy. And they're the most important pieces on top of Raheem Mostert. We'll get to that in a second uh, on this offense. But I thought it was a step in the right direction where you had to beat a team. You had to win a must-win game. And look at the NFC this year, Rich. You make it to the playoffs in 8-8, eight, 9-7 eight, to seven with that extra playoff spot. So – just getting into the dance. You get into the dance, you got a chance to make it back to the Super Bowl. Well, I tell you something because you you brought up a really a really uh, you know a key uh, situation that a lot of people probably don't really understand. They like you said, the the, the NFC West is an NFC West where if you got eight and eight or you're nine and seven, you can get it. And people look at that and say, oh well, you know these guys' records are not that great. So mm -hmm. you know the teams aren't that great. It's like well, no. What you need to consider is this: the teams are very very good. And mm -hmm. this is the reason why you have these records, okay? It's just mm -hmm. like, you know, you got these guys beating up on each other. But, yep. but I tell you this much. The one thing I have to focus on, and I know a lot of guys aren't focusing on this week, there, there is just a guy, there is just a guy who plays for the Niners, and I I, I dubbed him the born identity, you know, can't be born. You know, and I, and I right. dubbed him, I dubbed him that because this guy just continues to be elusive. Right. Just like the born identity. I mean, he shows mm -hmm. up out of nowhere, makes it good. You're going, and the defense is going, him now? Come on, man. Wait a minute. We got George Kim over here. We got Debo Samuel. We got mm -hmm. this new kid, Brent, and all of a sudden, Bourne catches the ball, and you're going, why didn't we watch him? It's like, right. what, what is it that he's doing that's making him where defense is just not recognizing this guy? I, it's the rapport he has with Jimmy Garoppolo. And you saw that when Garoppolo got traded over from New England. You know, those first five games, everybody went crazy. Oh, he went 5-0. and oh. But it was that Tennessee Titans game, and I know you remember this back in 2017 because the Titans ended up making a playoffs that year. Jacksonville ended up making the AFC Championship game. So those are two – when people say, oh, he didn't beat nobody, Jimmy G and the Niners didn't beat nobody in those last five, that's that's absolute – that's an absolute lie. That's right. <laughs> that's a fib. Like, they did beat some good teams. They went to Houston. They beat the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field. But, like, Tennessee, that game, where Kendrick Bourne made a big play on the final drive of that game, and it stuck with me. It was like 30 to 35 yards. He ran a slant. And from that point on, it seems like Jimmy G and Kendrick Bourne have had this they, – they, they like making music together, Rich. You know, they're just in sync with each other. And, look, he's going to be good to drop a pass a game. You got to live with that. Just like I always say, you got to live with the Jimmy O'No throw. You hope it doesn't kill you, right, in the football game. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to no, happen. No, no, yesterday. No, no, when the game is on the line, no, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that one. Oh, no, oh, no. Yeah, And he did that before halftime yesterday where he almost got picked off yeah. before the uh, IU uh, touchdown. I was like, boy, okay, Jimmy. Okay. Just... biting your nails? Because I was biting right. mine. Oh, man, I'm like, oh. Okay. All right. You got to wait with that one. Let's just burn the tape on that play. Yeah, you don't yeah. need to watch Let's that hurry again. Up. Let's hurry right. Up and burn that tape. <laughs> exactly. But Kendrick Bourne is a nice piece. He's a nice compliment to Debo Samuel and Bernard Ayuk. And you know what? He's gotten better. He's gotten stronger, more elusive. And he makes he makes plays for this offense. So I do like Kendrick Bourne. And I think this is the best set of weapons Shanahan has had. And I think it's the best set of weapons Jimmy Garoppolo has had to throw to. Yeah. Yeah. So we got a few minutes left. Um, my uh my co-host and sidekick 
uh, Mike the Shoe Shoeman did want me to tell you he's sorry he couldn't have been here with you today because he likes you a lot. Shoe. And yeah, he's telling good. me that he said, man, you're going to you're going to have Bonte on. I said, yeah. He says, oh, man, as much as I want to be there, he says, 730, I can't do it. But he, he, I tell you, he's been doing this thing and, you know, he gambles. So, yeah. you know, and this is the thing I tell people all the time, look, I'm sorry. People say, well, Richard, you should put your money where your mouth is. You talk a lot. It's like, yeah, that's true. But yeah. I'm, 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 I'm not stupid. I got a right. family to feed, okay? Uh, so, <laughs> so, but, but the thing is, the thing is, is that he has been betting. Right. And the first couple of weeks, you know, he bet against the Niners. And he bets and he bet against the Raiders, all right? All right. 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 Like, wow, right. really? You know, but this week, you know what he did? What he, he do? He bet for the Niners. He did. I went, oh, wow. I was like, I was, like, oh. I was like, I was like, man, you rascal, dude. Come on, man. How could you do that? Dude, you know what, Rich? It, it, it shoe knows this if he does gamble. A couple of years ago, I had a great run when it came to gambling. Last year was up and down, and I shut it down after October because I saw what type of season it was going to be, and not only the NFL, but college football, because I love right. some college football. And then this year as well, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm looking because you don't know how teams are going to come out without any preseason no. games. The unknown with the COVID-19. So I already automatically, I, I take week one off no matter what, just to see, because, you know, it's a lot of teams get amped up. They're at home and, you know, it's the first game of the season. It's their homecoming or whatnot. They're going to go out there and ball out, right? Especially in the right. NFL. This year, I haven't, I bet on two NFL games. That's it. Because it is so unpredict unpredictable. I'm in the survivor pool. And I took the Patriots this week. They lose to the Broncos at home. Lose to the Denver Broncos. Are you kidding me? I mean, that's what type of year it is. I mean, the Cardinals are whooping up on the Cowboys. I, I mean, you just see all over the NFL. It is a mess right now. The Raiders going to beat Kansas City last week. Yeah. I mean, you can't call it, Rich. You really can't okay, call so it this year. I was listening to Al Michaels today on 95.7 The Game. Yep. And he was saying that, you know, one of the things – this year, and, and when you look at COVID, you look at all the other things that are going on, he said one of the things that is making the NFL and, and what it's always been, what makes it dynamic, is the fact that you don't really know exactly what you're going to get. Yeah. And he said this year, it has taken precedent over everything else. Mm -hmm. He goes, you watch TV. He goes, more than 90% of the stuff on TV. And he's right. It's scripted. And then there's a laugh track. Right. Okay. He said, but with the NFL, he goes, you don't know what you're going to get. I mean, it's totally unscripted. You, you can watch a game and think, well, you know what? This team is the team that's been winning for the last mm -hmm. five years. So, yeah, I'm going to pick them. And now they come up with a loser. Or, you know what? This team has the most dominant player from last year. You picked them right. and all of a sudden they lost. Right. It's like, you're right. You cannot pick, you know, you know, correctly, even with stats. You're still right. going, hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, one of the things in betting, the, the player props, right? If you look at a game plan, you look at a guy with player prop, maybe you'll win some money there. But Al Michaels is right. You just don't know. I mean, just think about yesterday. Who thought the Falcons were going to go to Minnesota and light up the Vikings after firing their head coach? I mean, nobody saw that coming. Not too many people saw that coming. Chicago going to Carolina, it being 5-1. and one. How many people? People pick the Packers to beat Tom Brady and the Bucs. If you look up, it's 10 nothing. You go to the bathroom, next thing you know, it's 14-10, and the Bucs are taking off with it 38-10. I mean, you just – the NFL – and that's what happened, Rich, once the salary cap was implemented. Once the salary cap was implemented, it took some time, right? It took some time for the parity to sit in. But once we got past the year, like 2000, the new NFL, man, it's parity. 
there's not like the Patriots have been there, right? They've been a dominant team. And part of it is they play in the AFC East. And the AFC East has been terrible for so many years, which gives the Patriots an automatic bye week, home field advantage. You got to go through Foxborough. But for the most part, this league, it has been parity. These teams have been even, man. I mean, and it's all about who gets hot at the end of the season. Like last year, Tennessee got hot and they made a run at it. Kansas City got hot. Did we really think Kansas City with that defense was going to advance to the Super Bowl and win it? A lot of people didn't think so, man. A lot of people thought they were, yeah, you know, you know. So uh, a lot of people was on a Baltimore trade and they lose their first playoff game. The Chargers, as bad as the Chargers are record-wise, they can flip that. There's three games they should have won. They should have beat the Chiefs. They should have beat the Saints. I just think about the Chargers. That is a team. If I'm if I'm in in the in the AFC West, I'd be a little nervous because that kid they got Justin Herbert. Oh my I lord! Can, yeah, he's a problem. He can. He's a problem. He's a problem. No, no, Rich. He. I, I didn't think he was going to be that good coming out of Oregon. I really didn't. Watch a lot of Pac-12 football, like I know you do. I, I was like, uh, he's all right. No, that dude's he's he's legit. No, he is legit. He's he's a real deal. So so we we look at at what's going on in San Francisco and we look at Kyle Shanahan and we look at his offense and the mm-hmm. team as a whole, where they're at right now. A lot of people would think, well, you know what, you know, they may go six and 10, they may go nine and seven, but this is my assessment and correct me if, if this sounds right or doesn't sound right. If I'm Kyle Shanahan, should my game plan be just to focus on winning the division first, because I mean, you look at everything that's going on with the San Francisco 49ers with the NFC West, and you look at the opponents that are coming in from not in that division, you know that, Hey, if you're going to try anything, okay. And the first step obviously is to get to the playoffs. Well, if mm-hmm. you're going to get to the playoffs, then obviously you got to win the NFC West mm-hmm. or at least mm-hmm. be the second number two contender. So right. do you think the game plan to, to initiate, or I should say recapture, the NFC West is, is is the ultimate goal. Yeah, no doubt. It's still in play too. You got to start to win your division until you see the exit gets your name that says eliminated from winning the division title or eliminated from the playoff race. You got to go win a division. That's the goal. That's the easiest way, obviously, to get into the playoffs. You're not fighting with other wild card teams and worried about tiebreakers or who's got the best opponents uh, record uh, percentage and all that crap. Win the division. And you know what? For the Niners, look, I know Seattle's undefeated. I know the Niners already had three losses. They play Seattle twice, all right? Beat Seattle twice. Seattle's going to slip up somewhere. They still have to play. They still have to play the Rams. And Seattle's defense is not very good. Not that good. Not very. I mean, come on, Mike Zimmer, kick the damn field goal on Sunday Night Football. What are you doing? You go for it and let Russ go 94 yards down the football field. So the division is the goal. And I think Shanahan, what he's looking at, too, said, okay, we're 500. We got a good win against the Rams. Now we got the Patriots. All right. All of a sudden, they don't look good. But, you know, Belichick's going to do everything he can to take away George Kittle, make Jimmy G go elsewhere with the football. You got the Saints. You got the Packers on Thursday night. All of a sudden, the Packers got softened up. You got the Buffalo Bills on Monday night football. You got to take each game as your your own Super Bowl. You got to go into each week and just, hey, we're zero and zero this week. And we just got to win football games. And by the time you get to December, okay, where are we at now? Where are we at now? Are we? Do we have a shot to run the table and win this division? And so I think that's the game plan for Shanahan moving forward is, yes, NFC West is always a goal. That's always a number one goal. But then with all the injuries, you know, Mostert's going to be out for a while. Your backup center, Ben Garland's hurt. 
Trent Williams is dealing with an ankle injury. I mean, what the hell is going on in Santa Clara? you got to take each week as its own Super Bowl, man, and take this thing week by week. Yeah, I'll tell you something. We have the great Bonte Hill uh, from 95-7 The Game, former writer for the uh, Examiner in San Francisco, grew up in San Francisco, and I just—I actually was raised in San Francisco myself. I came up out of Lakeview, so okay. Uh, but but I will say this much: um, it has been a pleasure having you on. I've had the privilege of interviewing both you and Guru now. Um, right. Steinmetz said he would do it, but he did not step up. He been flanking so, on you, huh? Yeah, Sounds he, like Steinmetz. Well, you know, I, I it, this is the thing: when you're Steinmetz, I get it. You know, a little rinky neat show like mine is like, eh. <laughs> you know, uh, uh. yeah, but. Don't but, sell yourself short, Rich. <laughs> yeah, so, so, but, but listen, um, Bonte, I do appreciate having you on today. It was a pleasure having you on, and it's a privilege. Uh, Mike, you know, let me let you know, we do want to have you back on the show again, okay? Because mm -hmm. like I said, I have fun with you. So, oh, yeah. So, so um, thank you again for being on with us. This is Game Face. I am Richard Gerais, you and with my good friend, Bonte Hill from 957 The Game. We do this on the Bleed Talent Network. And the only thing I can tell you is this, son, when you come on, you better have your game face on. <laughs>